0: You can remain standing. We'll have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, tonight we come again in the name of Jesus, desiring that you would be pleased to meet with us tonight. Father, a little band of your children, a few of your believers gathered together from various places to spend a few hours here on the side of the mountain, together with one another and with you. Father, we're praying tonight that the Holy Spirit would be the most active one in this meeting. And may we be recipients, Father. May we be yielded vessels. May the word of the Lord and the Spirit of God have free course tonight. Father, would you deliver your servant from fear, from the desire of approval from any of those things that would hinder your word tonight. I pray that you would take just a few loaves and a few fish, Lord, just out of a little boy's lunch. I pray that you would take those few loaves and that you would divide and meet the needs of this uh, congregation tonight. We look to you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. amen. Amen. You may be seated. The title of the message tonight is, Hear the Blessed Blast of God. I'd like you to turn with me to the 10th chapter of the book of Numbers, and we'd like to gain a lesson there together tonight. That will be our starting place tonight. We will look at several scriptures. We call this sometimes a youth Bible school, and I feel like if indeed we're going to call it that, then this book needs to be a very active book this week and it certainly has been today already and we trust it will be again tonight and part of that activity is the the practice and the exercise that you get from becoming very familiar with this book and from opening it and learning to open quickly and find passages and be prompt and ready to read if you were called upon and and if you do that to read as one who would give the sense as we spoke about already when Ezra exhorted the people and the priests to read. And so we want to start tonight really a, a simple, a very simple message. Born out of an opening devotion that was maybe to take 10 minutes a couple of weeks ago, and and there ended up being someone else that, that had a blessed devotional opening for the service. And, and in my mind, it, the Lord settled at that moment that, that that was something I was to share tonight and and again, it feels so much like a couple of loaves and and a a few fish and and I'm praying that God will use that in some way, what was supposed to be a, a little devotional opening in our home congregation and can be some kind of a lesson that will bless you tonight. So we wanna look number one at the command for trumpets to be used and that will be in this passage in Numbers 10. And then we want to look secondarily just a little bit at at some trumpet thoughts for ministers and teachers of the word, just briefly. And then finally, we want to conclude tonight with 10 trumpet calls for each one of you to be listening for this week. So, the command for the use of trumpets, some trumpet thoughts for ministers and teachers of the word, and finally, 10 trumpet calls for you to be listening for this week. <clears throat> so we'll start with the command for trumpets here in Numbers 10. I want you to look with me at this passage. It was in my normal course of reading uh, here a, a couple of, a few days ago, maybe it was a week or a week and a half ago, I'm not even sure now when it was, a couple of weeks. And I was in the normal course of reading and as I've just for years, my pattern has been just to read through the Bible, the Old Testament and the New at the same time, uh, some passages out of the old and some out of the new and and, uh, just keep going that way. And So I started over a while back and I'm here in Numbers and as I read through Numbers 10, I was just fascinated again at the instruction of God about these trumpets. Let's read Numbers 10, Verses 1 through 10 together. I will read this to you. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Make thee two trumpets of silver. Of a whole piece shalt thou make them, that thou mayest use them for the calling of the assembly and for the journeying of the camps. And when they shall blow with them, all the assembly shall assemble themselves to thee at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And if they blow with, blow but with one trumpet, then the princes which are head of the thousands of Israel shall gather themselves unto thee. When ye blow an alarm, then the camps that lie on the east part shall go forward. When ye blow an alarm the second time, then the camps that lie on the south side shall take their journey they shall blow an alarm for their journeys. But when the congregation is to be gathered together, you shall blow, but you shall not sound an alarm. And the sons of Aaron, the priests, shall blow with the trumpets, and they shall be to you for an ordinance forever throughout your generations. And if you go to war in your land against the enemy that oppresseth you, then ye shall blow an alarm with the trumpets, and ye shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and ye shall be saved from your enemies. Also, in the day of your gladness, and in your solemn days, and in the beginnings of your months, ye shall blow with the trumpets over your burnt offerings, and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings, that they may be to you for a memorial before your God. I am the Lord. Your God. It's a very interesting passage to me, and I I trust that it's been of interest to you tonight as you read those ten verses together with me. That God commanded the children of Israel to make two silver trumpets. He said, I want you to make them of, of one piece, of one whole piece. And uh, I would like to have seen that craftsmanship and, and seen exactly how that happened, how you could. Maybe just take uh, one piece of silver, I don't know what it would have been, some kind of a block or bar of silver, and how that could be uh, heated up and melted down and and beaten out and slowly made into a trumpet of silver. And uh, he said, you just beat that all out of one piece. But they had some tremendous craftsmen, and God had specifically empowered a man by the name of Bezalel and another man by the name of Ahaliab, and he had empowered them, he said, with the spirit of God, in wisdom and in cunning craftsmanship, to formulate all these things for the worship of God. And so God can do that. But I would like to have seen that. So God asks for two trumpets and he says, I want you to make these two trumpets of silver, and you're gonna use them for two things. And I think it's important for us to notice I encourage you to notice these two things throughout this week. As you hear the sound of trumpets, you notice that they're for the the calling of assembly and for the journeying of the camps. I want to suggest to you that the trumpets of God still have that purpose many times in our lives. You're going to find that as you hear the call of the trumpet in your life in some passage of the Word of God, or as one of these servants of the Lord preaches the Word and you hear the sound of the trumpet, Many times it's going to be a calling to you to assemble, and other times it's going to be a call to you to journey. The calling of assembly and journeying of the camps. Well, let's just glance down through this passage a little bit uh, together and see what we can glean as we think about this command for trumpets in this passage, which is what initially called my mind to this thought. God had said you you make these trumpets and you make them for that purpose. And uh, in verse 3, God says when they, that's the priest shall blow with them. Notice he said with them in this verse. That means with both trumpets. Remember they were to make two trumpets. He said when they shall blow with them, which is both trumpets, all the assembly shall assemble themselves to thee at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. So God had ordained the construction of the tabernacle and and it was set up and it was to be a place where God would meet with them. And you can recall that the Shekinah glory was there over the tabernacle, a, a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. That's where God said, there I will meet with you right in the midst of the camp. All these various tribes of Israel were arranged there in the wilderness around this tabernacle, this camp of Israel. God said, I'll meet with you at the door of the tabernacle, but there were to be times of special assembly. So God said, when the priest shall blow with them, both trumpets, then all the congregation is to assemble at the door of the tabernacle. Quite an assembly, remember, they're for assembly and for journeying. That's the purpose God said of these trumpets verse 3 was all the assembly when the trumpets now verse 4 and if they shall blow with but one trumpet then the princes which are head of the thousands of Israel shall gather themselves unto thee so sometimes a priest would go out with one trumpet and blow a blast on that trumpet and that was a notice for the princes the heads the leaders to assemble and God still does that sometimes Sometimes there's a blast of the trumpet and it's time for leadership to wake up and to assemble. Sometimes there's a blast of a trumpet and it's time for the heads of homes, the men of God, the, the fathers to wake up and assemble. And, and so sometimes there's a calling for all the assembly and sometimes there's a calling for the heads. And it, it was two trumpets or one that God designated for those different types of situations. Well, let's go on. In the fifth verse God says when you blow an alarm the camps that lie on the east part shall go forward when you blow an alarm the second time then the camps that lie on the south side shall take their journey they shall blow an alarm for the journeys and so I want to talk a little bit about this alarm blast and we'll get a little context later in fact I'll go ahead and read verse 7 and we'll come back to it He goes on to say, but when the congregation is to be gathered together, you shall blow, but you shall not sound an alarm. Now, some passages of scripture, some translations of scripture of the Bible will make this part just a little bit clear. That seventh verse says, when you shall, the congregation is to be gathered, you shall blow. And that, that is literally translated in some translations, a long blast, a long straight blast. But these alarm blasts, and some uh, passages will, will highlight that a little bit more. It's more of a staccato blast, more of a variegated sound of the trumpet was to be the sound of an alarm versus a straight blast. So, 5 and 6 speaks about alarm blasts, and I can only imagine that that staccato blast as people would listen, and they would hear the call of an alarm, A staccato blast, a variegated blast. There's an alarm. Something needs to happen. But the camps that lie on the east go forward when you blow an alarm. And when you blow an alarm, the second time. Another series of staccato blasts. Then the south side. The Septuagint uh, uh, of the scriptures also speaks of the other camps. Those that lie on the uh, west side, it would say three, three uh A series of blasts and four series of blasts for the north camps. We find that in the Septuagint, but not here. In any case, it doesn't really matter. That staccato blast, he goes on to say, for alarms. So I'm just wanting to give you a little setting here of of the trumpets and the use of them that God spoke of. Let's read that seventh verse again. Now God says, when the congregation is to be gathered together, you shall blow, but you shall not sound an alarm. So for a gathering, this is not a panic, this is not a sudden alarm like a fire alarm or like an emergency alarm. This is to be a gathering and it was to be a long blast, scripture would indicate, just one long, one long blast of the trumpet for a gathering together. He goes on in verse 8, let's notice, and the sons of Aaron, the priests shall blow with the trumpets and they shall be to you for an ordinance forever throughout your generations. These trumpets, these calls of the trumpets are gonna be an ordinance of God, he says, throughout your generations. And verse nine, if you go to war in your land against the enemy that oppresseth you, then you shall blow an alarm with the trumpets and you shall be remembered before the Lord your God and shall be saved from your enemies. Remember the alarm blast, the variegated blast. And God says, when I hear that, I'm gonna remember. You're gonna be remembered before the Lord your God, and I'm gonna save you from your enemies. Because that calling of the trumpet was an act of faith on the part of the children of Israel. Finally, again in verse 10, He goes on and says, also in the day of your gladness and in your solemn days and in the beginnings of your months, you shall blow with the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings that they may be to you for a memorial before your God. I am the Lord your God. Notice those various occasions, in the day of your gladness, in the day of a a holy, joyful convocation or feast, bloweth the trumpets, God says, over your offerings. And in the day of your solemnity and your solemn days, and there were solemn feast days, and there were solemn convocations, God says, I want you to blow with the trumpets in those times as well, over your offerings. And at the beginning of months, also a blowing of the trumpets, uh, rites of passage, New eras, new seasons, it's a new month, the blowing of a trumpet. I don't know where you're at tonight, but I'm trusting that, that this can b- provide a little backdrop for you for the blowing of trumpet and the sound of that in your life in the coming week. I don't know, maybe God is calling you to a day of gladness. Maybe he's calling you to a, a time of solemnity. Maybe he's calling you to a new season in your life, the beginning of a new month the beginning of a new year, the beginning of a new day for you. It's a time, he says, for the blowing of trumpets. Well, a couple of other thoughts I could mention. I I won't uh, turn to all these passages now. I have a couple notes here, but I might just further mention that in the Old Testament, there was actually a feast of trumpets, one of the feasts of the Lord that God ordained. It was one of the fall feasts. And God said, this feast shall be to you a memorial of the blowing of trumpets. A whole feast, a whole time and whole era set aside for a number of things, for a holy convocation, but there was to be a blowing of trumpets at that feast. And we wonder what the implications of that feast are, a fall feast uh, yet to come perhaps in in a total fulfillment sense and maybe we'll mention that again later. Furthermore, I'd like to just highlight for you without turning there again, um, that there was something in Israel that God ordained that was known as the time of Jubilee. And probably most of you are familiar with the day of Jubilee or the year of Jubilee. That word means gladness or joy. It's the word we get jubilant or a jubal, there's a, a variety of words that are taken from similar root words and it means rejoicing or gladness. And uh, I have down the verses for that instruction. In Leviticus 25, 9 to 10, God says, then shalt thou cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound on the 10th day of the seventh month. In the day of atonement shall you make the trumpet sound throughout all the land. This day of Jubilee, and the 10th verse goes on and says, and you shall hallow the 50th year. That's what the year of Jubilee was. It was a 50th year. There were, every seventh year was a sabbatical year. Then after seven sevens, which would be 49 years, then the 50th year was a year of Jubilee. And he says, you shall hallow the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a Jubilee unto you. And you shall return every man into his possession, and you shall return every man into his family. In other words, this year of Jubilee, this every 50th year was to be a year of freedom. The the law, uh, the Pentateuch explains a lot of detail about that, how that people who were in debt or maybe who had bought land or, or who had had to sell land or become a servant or whatever, in the year of Jubilee, everything was leveled out again. Everyone went free. Everyone got back to their own land, and so it was an incredible time. People might deal with a lot of hardship and just look forward someday to that year of jubilee is coming. Another 10 years, honey, and it'll be the year of jubilee. Five more years, it's going to be the year of jubilee. Sometimes it was, well, we're still 40 years from the year of jubilee. That's a long time. But the year of jubilee, can you imagine the 48th year? And the 49th year, getting ready for that year of Jubilee, that year when liberty would be proclaimed throughout all the land and a sounding of trumpets in the year of Jubilee. No wonder Psalm 89 verses 15 to 18 says this. You can look it up for yourself. I think you'll find it refers exactly to the trumpets that were sounding in the announcement of the year of Jubilee when it says, blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. In thy name shall they rejoice all the day, and in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. For thou art the glory of their strength, and in thy favor our horns shall be exalted. For the Lord is our defense, and the Holy One of Israel is our King. Blessed indeed is the people that know the joyful sound. That's the sound of the trumpet, on the year of Jubilee. That's a reference to that time. Blessed is the people that live through the year of Jubilee and get to experience that liberty and that freedom. What about you, brother and sister? Do you know the joyful sound of Jubilee? Wake the song of Jubilee we sing sometimes. Let it echo o'er the sea, I think, something like that but there was a trumpet on the year of Jubilee. It was a year of freedom every 50th year, but I'm here to tell you this morning that the gospel sound is a joyful sound, more joyful and more liberating than the year of Jubilee. In fact, we sing sometimes in in the little hymn book that I'm acquainted with uh, in, in our worship service says, let every mortal ear attend and every heart rejoice. The trumpet of the gospel sounds with an inviting voice the trumpet of jubilee. Blessed are the people that know the joyful sound. Do you know the joyful sound of freedom and liberty in the gospel of Jesus Christ? Hear the blessed blast of God. Well, that's just a little backdrop where God said to make trumpets and and those are some of the purposes God has for trumpets. I wanted to talk about that a little bit. First of all, secondly, I have just a few brief thoughts, and this could be expanded so much, but I'm going to call call it some trumpet encouragement to ministers and teachers of the word. Some trumpet encouragement. In the 58th chapter of Isaiah, if you want to turn there quickly, you can. You'll find in those first verses of Isaiah 58, a very familiar passage in, in the Old Testament, We find that God speaks through the prophet Isaiah and he says, cry aloud, excuse me, cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgressions, and the house of Jacob their sins. He goes on, yet they seek me daily, and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness, and forsook not the ordinance of their God, they ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou take us no knowledge. Wherefore have we afflicted our souls and so forth. I can't go on there, but my point is that God is calling his spokesmen, his ministers to cry aloud. And I guess the the cry of this to ministers and teachers of the word and and to every one of us when you have the opportunity to take your Bible and to speak into the life of another. And, And young ladies, there's a time for you as well. In fact, remember, I want to remind you lest we get off balance in this. There is very much a time for sisters to prophesy as well as brothers in fact the bible says that the beautiful veiling on your head is something to be there when praying and prophesying there's an assumption that there will be some prayer and that there will be some times of of prophecy speaking the word of god and so do that with one another there are appropriate times to do that when it is not a violation of usurping authority or of teaching the word in the assembly and uh, so just remember that there there is very much a, a time for you also to cry aloud and and to lift up your voice even if it's a quiet voice it can sound like a trumpet in the conscience of a sister or of a brother or whatever the occasion might be Philip had four daughters which were virgins and the bible says they did prophesy and brothers you are men of God and there comes a time even if you haven't been called to Public ministry of the word, there comes a time for you to lift up your voice like a trumpet and speak, and and sometimes it's to to reveal sin and sometimes it's to call for truth. And so I want to encourage you not to retreat in silence and not to think that I can never speak. There's a time to lift up your voice like a trumpet. But I especially see this to, to ministers and teachers of the word. Cry aloud keep on preaching, keep on upholding the truth of the Word of God, keep on lifting up a standard against the enemy as he comes in like a flood. Like a flood, you lift up a standard right back in the Word of God. The Spirit of God will do that as we lift up our voices like a trumpet. For some reason, God, this glorious God who could give trumpet blasts that we can't even imagine who could speak and people would drop and would say it thundered, the same God wants to use our voices. So lift up your voice like a trumpet and speak for God. I think also as we think about encouragement to ministers and teachers of the word and every one of us as we are called to exhort and speak the word of God, I want to speak to you also about Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, in fact, maybe I'll turn there briefly, Uh, turn with me. 1 Corinthians, is it 12, I believe it's 14 that I want actually. Yes, 1 Corinthians 14, I won't get into this whole passage, but uh, the context is the discussion of, of the gift of tongues and also a discussion of the spiritual gift of prophecy But here's the point I want to make without necessarily focusing on that discussion. In verse 6 of 1 Corinthians 14, the apostle says, Now brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you except I shall speak with you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine? And he goes on. And even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp. A pipe doesn't have life. A harp doesn't have life, but they can both give sound. Even things without life, giving sound, whether pipe or harp. He goes on, he says, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? Notice, for if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? So likewise ye, except ye utter by the tongue, Words easy to be understood. How shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air and so forth. And I realize there's a larger discussion going on here, but I want to just lift the thoughts a little bit out of their context and just acknowledge to ministers, teachers of the word, to each of you brothers and sisters, when we speak, let's seek to speak clearly. And I have been guilty. And I think God grants grace and we are cut out differently. I think God wants us to speak graciously. He wants us to speak the truth in love, but I have been guilty sometimes of being so careful to qualify and qualify and qualify and qualify what I'm saying that pretty soon it doesn't even make sense. Pretty soon I can't even hardly speak because I'm so busy qualifying what, now I don't mean this and I don't mean that and I don't mean, I wanna make sure you understand that I'm not saying that pretty soon you're not saying anything. And so if the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? I can remember one time and it still touches my heart almost like a knife. I can remember when my son spoke to me and he said, Dad, I just longed for, for someone to speak clearly. And I thought, well, I thought I had been. But then as I pondered, I I realized what he was saying. I realized what he was saying. I still remember that lesson. I think of it often. Young people, you can speak to those that are older and it can have an effect. If the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? And Hearkening back to these silver trumpets. Remember, there was an alarm call. It was to be a clear call, a staccato call. But if the trumpet gives a garble and and people don't, what was that? Was that an alarm call? Or was that a march call? Or what was it? It's an uncertain sound. We need a certain clear sound when it was time for battle when the enemies are coming in, you can't afford an uncertain sound. You You can be assured those priests were very careful to give a very clear trumpet battle cry. If the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, let's do the same thing, brothers. When the enemy is coming in, let's be clear. Let's give a trumpet blast. Let's be gracious. Let's be humble. Let's not try to to press a personal agenda. Let's be very loyal to the word of God, but let's be able to give it a certain sound. One other comment as an encouragement to uh, ministers and teachers of the word, we don't want to be a false trumpet. Turn with me quickly to to 2 Samuel 20 and one. We don't want people to follow a false trumpet. I could think of a couple passages. I may mention a couple of them here. First, let's look at 2 Samuel 20. And uh, you can look at verse one and remember the context here. In 2 Samuel, I'm sorry, I turned to 1 Samuel, I need 2 Samuel 20 and 1. I think it speaks about a man by the name of Sheba. Yes, and what had happened here is, well, (laughs) I really think I should back up a little bit. I'm going to go to a couple false trumpets. Just put the thought of Sheba on hold a minute here in 2 Samuel 21. If you'd back up a couple chapters, you'd find that David, among his many sons, there was a young man who was very handsome, and he was very good looking, the Bible says, and he had quite a head of hair, and he was just quite an incredible man. His name was Absalom. He was one of David's sons. David loved this man, Absalom, and there's a lot to the story of Absalom, and I won't go into that whole story, but due to some some uh, murderous and self-willed intent on the part of Absalom that he thought he was justified in because of the violation of his sister Tamar. He had caused many of David's sons or, or one of David's sons, I believe, to be killed. And so because of that, he had to escape and he was banished for many years and and then Joab, the general, kind of intervened for Absalom and got David talked into bringing Absalom back. And, uh, but through all this, there developed, I believe, a bitterness of Absalom toward his father and also a lot of ambition. Remember, he was a very good-looking young man. I think he was a very talented man. And he developed this practice, and we're getting to a couple thoughts on false trumpets. <laughs> Absalom would... Uh, kind of go and, and get out in the way when people were coming to King David, his father for judgment, and Absalom would get out there and say, oh, are you coming to, to speak with my father? You know, I, I'm sorry, there's really no one to talk to you in there, um, but I'd be glad to hear your case, and uh, I, I wish I were made the judge over Israel because there's really no one there, but, but you've got important matters, they're good and right, and I'd like to hear them. And by little and little over time, Absalom, the Bible says, stole the hearts of the children of Israel. And there eventually came a day that Absalom had a trumpet blown declaring himself as king. Be careful what trumpet you listen to. Be careful. There's, there are many voices in the world. We read in 1 Corinthians 14. And the Apostle Paul even said one time, though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers? For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. And so there are many trumpets, there's many voices we want to be discerning, and there are such things as false trumpets, false calls. And as we go on from this story of Absalom, eventually it uh, left with his father David fleeing from his son, and, and Judah and Israel were divided, and it was a very difficult situation, but through all of that, Absalom finally ended up being killed and slain. He was a false trumpet. He, was, he had a false uh, peace and, and leadership to offer the children of Israel. And he had personal ambitions instead of the commendation of God, be careful. But as, as they came back there, the people of Judah invited David back and the people of Israel, isn't it amazing how rivalries developed, the people of Israel got mad. They said, how come you didn't invite us to be part of the party that welcomed King David back? And, and they said, uh, oh, we, we wanted to be the first to welcome the king back. And in the words of, of Israel, I think it says, were fiercer than the men of Judah. And that takes us to 2 Samuel 20 and 1. Uh, if you look at the last verse of the prior chapter, you'll see what I just told you. And it says, and there happened to be a man of Belial, whose name was Sheba, the son of Bichri, a Benjamite. And he blew a trumpet and said, we have no part in David, neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse. Every man to his tent, so Israel. So every man of Israel went up from, from after David and followed Sheba, the son of Bichri. But the men of Judah clave unto their king, from Jordan even unto Jerusalem. And I won't go into all the rest of that story. I guess I just wanted to illustrate the reality that there is such a thing as a false trumpet. And there are sometimes men and you will encounter them in life. I, I can assure you, you will encounter them. I think of a man that called me some years ago and, and wanted to stay in our home and he did, he spent a night, he spent another night and the man was extremely articulate and very gifted in the word of God and very compelling and and very direct and he had a a very winsome way about him And, and he began to ask questions and he had kind of a cunning manner about him and I tell you that man was a false trumpet. But at first I was very impressed and at first I was very drawn and then I began to realize what all was going on here and God delivered us and even our congregation from a false trumpet. Be careful. There are Sheba's out there that will say, what part have you over there? You follow me, Let's, I, I've, got, I've got the answers for you. Beware of false trumpets. We want to beware of deception. So we want to cry aloud and sound the trumpet. We want to make sure as trumpets we give a certain sound and listen for a clear certain sound so we can prepare to battle, and we want to beware of false trump- trumpets. Okay, I want to go to this third and final area tonight and that is 10 Trumpet Calls to Listen for this week. So we've looked first of all at this area in Numbers 10, about the God's command for the blowing of trumpets, these silver trumpets for uh, assembly and for journeying. Now we've talked a little bit about some trumpet encouragement and calls to ministers. and Now finally, I'd like to look together with you at 10 Trumpet Calls for you to listen for this week and I just will share them with you as they came to me, and I pray that in some way you can get a glimpse or a blessing. I guess really the burden of my message tonight, as we start here early, really the first main full day of the week is is to really try and encourage you to be listening for the message. So if that can just be a simple message tonight, I just wanna be one of those that say, please listen, to what these men are going to tell you. Be listening for God this week. Be listening for some of these trumpet calls. Let's look at some of them together. Number one, I've called it the law trumpet. The law trumpet. And we will look together here a little bit. You can get ready to turn with me. Look with me at Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19, I wanna give you something here about the law trumpet. I think it's actually very interesting. This is what happened on Sinai when God had called Moses uh, to come and he was going to give his law, his law to the children of Israel. And I'm calling this the law trumpet and I'm telling you tonight that you be listening for the law trumpet this week. It's a voice of conviction. It's a voice of conviction. Be listening for the law trumpet. Uh, 19, I guess I'll begin reading. Right about verse 10 here of Exodus 19. In fact, I think I'm going to share this reading. Uh, Josh, I'll start with you since you're right here handy. Would you please read 10 through 20 of Exodus 19?
1: And the Lord said unto Moses, Go up, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes, and be ready against the third day. For the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people, upon Mount Sinai. And they set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves that ye go not up into the mount, or touch the border of it. Whosoever touches the mount shall be surely put to death. There shall not an hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through, whether it be beast or man. It shall not live. When the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. And Moses went down from the mount unto the people, and sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. And he said unto the people, Be ready against the third day, come not at your wives. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings, and a thick cloud upon the mount, and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud, so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the nether part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire, and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mount, and the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount, and Moses went up.
0: Thank you. This speaks to me of the law trumpet. I want you to notice this is the cry of, of conviction and I want you to notice that this was a divine trumpet. It's an incredible account here as God warned them you be careful, you get prepared, you make sure you're sanctified and in the third day, uh, get ready for the third day. And on that third day, this mountain is doing something different. It's thundering and there's lightning cracking and thunder rolling and around this mountain and the whole thing's smoking. And it's quite a situation. The Bible says that, that, uh, that on that third day in verse 16, as this thick cloud came on the, the mount, that the voice of a trumpet was there exceeding loud so that all the people that were in the camp trembled. I mean, they shook when they heard the sound of the trumpet. And I tell you today, people still shake when they hear God's law. You can jump over to the next chapter and you can see what God began to speak. I'm just going to highlight the the Decalogue here, the 10 commandments that are familiar to you in in chapter 20, Uh, verse three, God says, this is 10 Commandment number one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. The second commandment, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. The third commandment, verse seven, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. This is the law trumpet. Number eight, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Verse eight, that's commandment number four. Uh, verse 12, commandment five, honor thy father and thy mother that it thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Listen, listen for the law trumpet yourself this week. Number 13, thou shalt not kill. Verse 13, commandment six rather. The seventh one, thou shalt not commit adultery. The eighth one, thou shalt not steal. The ninth one, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. The 10th one, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house thy neighbor's wife, his manservant, his maidservant, his ox, ass, or anything that is thy neighbor's. And all the people saw the thunderings, that's verse 18 of chapter 20, and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. They said, Moses, you talk to us. Don't let God talk to us unless we die. Sometimes that's the way we feel when we hear the law trumpet, the trumpet of God as he brings conviction. And you know I just want to tell you to, that that is the purpose of the law. the law is our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. but after the faith has come, Galatians says, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, but there's still a great usefulness of the law to bring conviction, to bring the character and, and the judgment of God to light so that we recognize our great need of grace but Hebrews 12 says we are not coming to the mouth that might be touched and that burned with fire nor into blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of the trumpet and the voice of words which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken unto them anymore and so terrible was the sight that Moses said I exceedingly fear and quake but We are coming to Mount Zion to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and into an innumerable company of angels, to the church of the firstborn who are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not which turn from him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven, and so forth. See that you refuse not, young people, this week him that speaketh. Listen for that law trumpet, even though now we are coming to Mount Zion and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, But when God brings his law of conviction, we want to listen and we want to invite uh, the grace of Jesus to to cause us to understand what we should do. The second one I want to go on to, I'm going to hurry along here. I'm going to call them the Jericho trumpets. The Jericho trumpets, you can turn to Joshua chapter 6. We'll just glance at a couple verses there. Um, I have down verse 1 to 20. I'm not going to take that long and read all of that. But turn with me to Joshua chapter 6. The Jericho trumpets. You remember this account. The children of Israel are coming in to possess the land. And they come to this city of Jericho. And the first verse of chapter 6 says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. In, in Jericho chapter 6, it says, I'm going to just read a few verses here. I think I'll, I'll uh, yeah, look, look with me at uh, verse 3. And you shall, you shall compass the city, all the men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days, and the seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets, and it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. The Jericho trumpets, the trumpet of a ram's horn. You know, since I was a boy, I was just a young man, I've had this thing, I got it when I was just a boy. I actually got it from Troy's grandfather who was my uncle David. And I was over at a little sale he had one time and I saw this thing and I wanted it. And uh, I don't remember now if Uncle David gave it to me or if I bought it or what the deal was, but I was just a boy. And I think this is just a cow's horn, but it was kind of a, a bugle, a little trumpet. And I don't know if I can make it go or not, but I can just picture those Jericho trumpets. You can remember this was a great fortified city and I'm telling you this week there's some fortified cities that God wants to break down there's some walls and and so we want to listen for the trumpets around the walls of Jericho so that Jericho's walls come down you can just imagine how it finally was when when on that sixth day or the seventh day however it was there that the uh, The folks were marching around and and, uh, they finally blew with the trumpets. Let's see here. Yes. Verse 15, look at that. It came to pass on the seventh day that they rose up early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city about this after the same manner seven times, Only on that day they compassed, only on that day they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, shout for the Lord hath given you the city. And so they did that. Verse 20 says, so the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. So the people went up into the city, every man straight before him and they took the city. (laughs) A, A different kind of trumpet. This is just a cow's horn. I don't know what it sounded like with those ram's horns. I can only imagine. I've had this since I was a boy and I went, looking for it the other day and sure enough, I still had it. But the point is, the real point I'm after this evening is, There are walls that sometimes build up in our life. The Bible calls them in the New Testament strongholds. And it says furthermore that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that might be in your life or in my life that would dare to exalt itself against the knowledge of God and in further bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. That's a heart toward dealing with sin in my life. That's what I see, dealing with, with, uh, and and these are the Jericho trumpets, walls of fear that keep me back, keep me bound, keep me hiding, walls of pride that won't let me uh, be free, that keep me back, that keep me in bondage, walls of sin, Walls of prejudice, walls that can be huge walls and barricades and strongholds that keep back and keep people bound up. Walls of stubbornness, walls of unforgiveness and bitterness, big walls. Listen this week as the Word of God is preached for the sound of the Jericho trumpets. There are weapons that are going to be exercised this week, that have the power to pull down strongholds. Listen for the trumpets to tear down those walls that are blocking in your life. Let's consider a third area. I've called this Gideon's trumpets. Gideon's trumpets. Judges 7 and 20, look quickly. Judges 7 verse 20. I want to just hurry, so I will, uh, I will give you a little bit the account. You can recall with me in the time of the judges, things were up and down in Israel, but at this occasion, the Midianites had increased and came against Israel, and, and, and God looked, and, and uh, there was a man by the name of Gideon in Israel, and, and I believe an angel of the Lord came to him and, and smote him on the side and woke him up. There were enemies surrounding Israel. Israel was in bondage. What about you? What about someday you may need to listen to the Gideon call with your family or with your church or whatever, your community, your own personal life. And the angel smote him on the side and said, Get up, thou mighty man of valor. Hail, mighty man of valor. You can look it up yourself. And and Gideon looked up and and he, he had some words kind of like this: he said, Well, what how come you're talking to me? I'm, my father's house is is little, and we're not important, and we're nobody. I'm a nobody, basically is what Gideon said. The angel said, get up, God's got a work for you to do, and so forth. And so God began to work through Gideon, and Gideon had a lot of doubts that God was really working through him. He did fleeces, he put out fleeces, Lord, if this is really you, then you have the fleece be wet and the ground dry. And and God did that, and he'd have it be the other way around. All right, Lord, then you have the ground, the fleece dry and the ground wet. And, and he had a lot of doubts, but God was working with Gideon. These are the Gideon trumpets. And I guess what I see is is this is a, a call to, to, uh, to arouse courage when you feel like a nobody, or when you feel like too few. And I think seems like maybe it was Brother John D. or one here in, in the last year that I heard talking about an account when he was, was speaking with a, a sociologist or a, a study of human history uh, who asked the question: has, every, has anything great ever been accomplished by by just a few people in down through history? Has anything ever really revolutionary happened with just a few people? And the answer of the social analyst, I kind of forget the context of this, but you think about it yourself in history, the answer was, it's almost never been anything else but that. It's about always been a few people. It's about always been a few people who had something in their heart, some kind of a vision that accomplished something wonderful. So, Gideon, God kept paring this thing down. First of all, he didn't feel capable. The Bible says that the Midianites were spread out in the valley like grasshoppers. They were so huge for multitude and there are camels that talks about what a huge group and God kept trimming that thing down until finally there were only 300 men against multiplied untold thousands and God used Gideon and and Gideon's trumpet. Look with me at Judges 7 and 20. These people had trumpets and they had little lamps that were hidden inside pitchers. and Gideon had told them, what to say and and sure enough in verse 20 it says the three companies that's three little companies of 100 people each they blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow withal, and they cried the sword of the lord and of gideon and and they stood every man in his place around the camp and all the host ran and and cried and fled and the 300 blew the trumpets and the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow throughout all the host and so forth. The trumpets of Gideon. I guess what I get out of that is let's do something about it. When, when the enemies of our souls are spread out, and sometimes we can just kind of hunker and cripple and back up, and, and, and let's do something about it. Rise up, O men of God. Hail, thou mighty man of valor. What are you doing laying here? Well, I, I can't, Lord... Am not I the Lord? God is able. God is able. Let's go on. I want to consider number four, the, I call it the king trumpet. The king trumpet. Look with me at Second uh, Kings. Chapter 11. Look at verse 14. The setting here is, is we have a woman who has taken power in Israel in Judah and she is a very wicked woman. I think she's a descendant of the, the Zidonians perhaps of Jezebel, I kind of forget the chronology here, right? Her name is Athaliah. Some of you children have read books about Athaliah and Athaliah was a wicked woman and she rose up and destroyed the Bible says all of the seed royal. That means she killed all the potential kings and but, but you know there was a godly woman by the name of Jehosheba and her husband Jehoiada and and they went and they captured a little baby by the name of Joash, and they went and hid him in the temple. The bottom line is they, they raised that boy up till he was six years old, and this wicked Queen Athaliah kept reigning and ruling in her jealousy and her pride and her wickedness. She thought she'd killed everybody. I tell you, the seed of the line of David was down to one boy at that point. Is your God able? Can he use a few? One boy, one boy. A seed. David, I'm going to build you a house. There's a man going to sit on the throne of David someday, our Messiah. He sat there. But it got down to one boy. That's how Satan tried to destroy the righteous seed. He'll try to destroy you too. But the time finally came when the six-year-old boy, it was time. It was time for God to work. 2 Kings 11, Verse 14. I'll start actually at at, uh, verse uh, 11, well, verse 12. These people brought out the king and and in the temple and they kind of put word out and he brought forth the king's son, verse 12. This is six-year-old Joash. And they put the crown on him and gave him the testimony and they made him king and anointed him and clapped their hands and said, God save the king. And when Athaliah, this wicked woman, heard the noise of the guard and of the people, she came to the people Uh, into the temple of the Lord. And when she looked and beheld, behold, the king stood by a pillar as the manor was and the princes and the trumpeters by the king and all the people of the land rejoiced and blew with trumpets. And Athaliah rent her clothes and cried, treason, treason. Well, the king trumpet, declaration of who is king. I'm telling you this week, as you hear the word of God preached, there may come a time you're going to have to declare who's going to be king in your life. You're going to have to declare and decide who will be the king. King of my life, I crown thee now. We sing sometimes. Thine is the victory. Who's going to be king? This wicked woman had control. There came a time where they set up Joash and blew with trumpets. Listen for the trumpet and said, God save the king. Are you ready to declare who your king's going to be? You listen for that trumpet this week. If there comes an area of conflict, and yes, there might be those who say, treason, Tre- you're, you're, you're going out on us, come on. You're, you're a betrayer. That's what Athaliah said, but she was on her way to her death. You declare your savior as king and king of your life. The fifth one, I want to consider the worship trumpet. Turn now to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 6. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 6, I've called this, the worship trumpet. It's a time of great gratitude. It's a time when Solomon, uh, according to the promise of God, the promise that had been given to his father, David, had built a temple and at last this glorious temple was built that God hadn't allowed David to build, but he allowed his son Solomon to build it and David had laid up for it. And at last this glorious temple, which was seven years in building, was built a beautiful, magnificent place and in 2 Chronicles, verse seven, I'm gonna read up to six, or I'm going to have it read. One of you, uh, young men, maybe I'll start at the other end this time. Read 2 Chronicles seven, one through verse six. Do you want the translation? <clears throat>
2: um, when Solomon had finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the, the burnt offerings and sacrifices and the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glorious presence of the Lord filled it. When all the people of, the, of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell face down on the ground and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, "He is good, He is faithful. He is good. His faithful love endures forever." Then the king of all the people, sorry, then the king and all the people of the offered sacrifices to the Lord. King Solomon offered a sacrifice of twenty-two thousand cattle and one hundred twenty thousand sheep and goats, and so the king and all the people dedicated their temple of God. How far? Through six. I guess. The priests took. Um, sorry, the priests took their assigned positions, and so did the Levites, who were singing, "His faithful love endures forever." They accompanied the singing with music from the instruments King David had made for praising the Lord. Across from the Levites, the priests blew their trumpets while all Israel stood.
0: Thank you. The trumpets of worship and gratitude. The temple was built. God had spoken. God had, the glory of the Lord had filled the temple. And I want you to, to look for and wait for that glory and, and seek that, that glory of the Lord Filling the temple in his presence and and we want to have an offering of worship this was an incredible offering a hundred and what did it say? a hundred and twenty thousand sheep and 22,000 oxen that's a lot of bloodshed that's a lot of sacrifice but is anything too great for the Lord your God listen for the trumpet of worship It was a huge sacrifice and did you notice what it said? It said something about the people standing. Verse 6, yes, thank you. And all Israel stood. That's the point I wanted. They listened to the trumpet, you be ready to stand. When there comes a time to stand, when the trumpet calls for worship and offering and sacrifice, these people were in awe. All the people stood at the sound of those trumpets, the trumpet of worship. I want to go on to number six, the, the repentance trumpet. The repentance trumpet, a very familiar passage of scripture. Turn with me to Joel chapter two, prophecy of Joel. Joel chapter two familiar chapter that was quoted on the day of Pentecost or referred to starts out with these words blow ye the trumpet in Zion blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain remember the alarm sound was a variegated blast the Prophet Joel is calling for an alarm blast in Zion he says it's time for alarm there's a problem. There's enemies. There's, there's a problem here. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh. It is nigh at hand. Glance down at verse 12. Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart and not your garments and turn unto the Lord. Remember, this is the repentance trumpet. And as you listen to the preaching of the word this week, God is going to call me and sometimes call you to a time of repentance. We need to be repenters to the, to the churches there in, Asia, in uh, Revelation. Those seven churches of Asia, again and again, the Lord said, repent. Repent. Repent, repent. Remember, to repent is to change. It's it's to be sorry and to be contrite, but it's also to change direction. And when you hear the call to repent, that's what Joel's speaking of here. Rend your heart and not just your garments and turn unto the Lord your God. For he's gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him? even a meat offering and a drink offering unto God. Uh, A couple more verses. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and those that suck the breasts, let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. This is repentance and let them say, spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thy heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? I pray that God will give me your servant that's trying to bring this message to you in weakness tonight. That kind of a spirit, a spirit of repentance as we see the heritage, God's people beginning to give over to reproach and people looking on and saying, where is their God? We heard something about that already earlier this week. Where is their God? And and Joel says, let the priests weep between the porch and the altar and say, spare thy people, O God. Don't give your heritage to reproach. I've wept some of the hardest tears I've ever wept. In the founding, in the early days of this Bible school, the Bible speaks about a time when David wept until he had no more power to weep. And I'll tell you, there were some of us, brothers, on our faces that I can remember weeping till I had no more power to weep. And my cry was, Oh God, spare thy people. Don't give this heritage over to reproach. Save them from the world. Get, bring some teaching, some fresh anointing of the Word of God. Help us to turn from our old carnal ways of trying to regulate righteousness out of people that have rebellious hearts. And let's teach and disciple and call people to higher ground and holy ground. Spare thy people, O God. Give not thy heritage to reproach. That's still my cry and prayer tonight for each one of you young people. May God give us a spirit of repentance and of holiness and of of weeping and of longing and who knoweth if the Lord will return and leave a blessing behind him and I tell you he's done it and he'll do it again. He will do it again. The cry and the trumpet of repentance. Let's go on the trumpet of urgent prayer turn with me to second Chronicles chapter 13 back to second Chronicles again chapter 13. We've got a situation where Jeroboam, the son of Nebat is now king over 10 tribes. And God had given him that, but he began to rise up and he began to be jealous and and began to be concerned about the other tribes. And Abijah is king over Judah. I just want to notice this trumpet call. I call it the urgent prayer trumpet. And uh, uh, there's there's some real problems going on here. Look with me at verse 9. Abijah says uh, of Jeroboam and, and the people of Israel, he says, have you not cast out the priests of the Lord, the sons of Aaron and the Levites, and have you made you priests after the manner of the nations of other lands, so that whosoever cometh to consecrate himself with a young bullock and seven rams the same, May be a priest of them that are no gods, but as for us, the Lord is our God, and we have not forsaken him, and the priests which minister under the Lord are the sons of Aaron and the Levites wait upon their business, and they burn under the Lord every morning and every evening burnt sacrifices and sweet incense, and the shewbread also set they in order upon the pure table, and the candlestick of gold with the lamps thereof, to burn every evening, for we keep the charge of the Lord our God, but you have forsaken him. Abijah says to Jeroboam and his company and he says, and behold, God himself is with us for our captain and his priests with sounding trumpets to cry alarm against you. O children of Israel, fight ye not against the Lord God of your fathers, For you shall not prosper. This is Abijah. He's king over two tribes, uh, Judah, and he's calling out to his brethren, the children of Israel, the other ten tribes under Jeroboam. He says, Don't fight with God, be careful. But, verse 13, but Jeroboam caused an ambushment to come around behind them. So they were before Judah, and the ambushment was behind them. These folks are surrounded. These are the true faithful people, the remnant left, the faithful remnant left of God, and they're surrounded. They've pled with their brethren, and their brethren haven't listened. They're coming at them from the front. They're coming at them from behind. They've got an ambush set up here. And you notice with me, we call it the urgent prayer trumpet. Notice verse 15. And when Judah looked back, behold, the battle was before and behind, and they cried unto the Lord, and the priests sounded with the trumpets and the men of Judah, then the men of Judah gave a shout. And as the men of Judah shouted, it came to pass that God smote Jeroboam and all Israel beho- before Abijah and Judah. And the children of Israel fled before Judah and God delivered them into their hand and so on. I won't go farther in that. I just want to call that the urgent prayer trumpet. They were surrounded and Jeroboam cried at, or, uh, and uh, the men of Israel, Abijah called out, God is our captain. We're going to sound with the trumpets and they did that. It was the urgent prayer trumpet. Sometimes life's like that. Sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm assaulted from front and assaulted from behind. Sometimes it's the enemies of my own soul. Maybe it's some of my own temptations. Maybe it's some other kind of enemy or difficult situation. You feel like you're surrounded. I can't win in this situation. Has anyone ever felt like I can't win? There's no good way out of this thing. Or maybe felt like I I can't overcome. I'm surrounded. I'm I'm struggling and, and it's time for that urgent prayer trumpet blow blast to God because God has divine sovereign power beyond what you can imagine. He sent an ambush, but he did something miraculous and he delivered. The people of Judah. That's the urgent prayer trumpet. We got three more to go. Number eight, the rendezvous trumpet. Look at Nehemiah chapter four, verse twenty. Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. Nehemiah, chapter four, verse twenty. Let's see if I can. Sorry, I had trouble finding it myself here. Nehemiah. Yes, chapter 4, we've got a situation here where in Nehemiah, even though it's early in your Bible, it's actually very late in the chronology of the Old Testament. Won't get into that right now, but, but long after the children of Israel had been and Judah, particularly had been carried away into Babylon, Then under Ezra, and Nehemiah, and men like Zerubbabel and others, they were brought back at last into the land, a number of them a remnant to rebuild the temple and to rebuild the walls and so forth. And with Nehemiah, there he had surveyed the rubbish and he had brought back quite a number of people and they were getting to work, but they had enemies. They had men like Sanballat and Tobiah, and Gershom the Arabian and others that were coming against them and and they were hecklers and they were doubters and they said, we're going to stop you, you're not doing anything, even a fox can destroy the work you're trying to do. You can't rebuild, don't ever believe it young man. If God calls you to do some rebuilding, Isaiah 58 says, if you'll turn your heart to me and turn your heart away and stop drawing out the finger and speaking vanity and saying, well, they're the problem, they're the problem. Start looking at your own heart and repenting and turning to God. God says you can raise up the foundations of many generations and thou shalt be called a repair of the breach and a restorer of the paths to dwell in. That's my heart and my longing for each one of you that we can be breach repairs and path restorers and foundation raisers. That's what Nehemiah was doing in his day. But there were doubters and there were hecklers and, and there were times that they just needed to get together and pray. And they do that, they need to get together and, and, and band together. And I want you to notice a, a very interesting, uh, I call it the rendezvous trumpet, in Nehemiah 4 and verse 20. Um, well, let's look at 19. And I said, Nehemiah, unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, the work is great and large and we are separated upon the wall one far from the other. In what place therefore you hear the sound of the trumpet, resort ye thither unto us, for our God shall fight for us. I want you to notice back in verse 17, here's how they were working. Every one of his his hands in the latter part of that verse wrought in the work and with the other hand held a weapon. These men, it was so dangerous that they were using a trowel in one hand building this wall and got the sword in the other hand I mean, these, these enemies are getting close behind them as they're working here. And Nehemiah said, there, there's going to be a trumpet. Blast. If, if things happen, you, you be ready. If, if I sound a trumpet, you come together right quick. And maybe God's going to do that. Maybe he'll do it in your prayer group this week. You'll hear the sound of a trumpet and it's time to, to rendezvous. It's time to get on your knees and join this battle together. The rendezvous trumpet. Well, I think that's a, a, a drop and come call. It's a call for warfare and prayer and defense, and sometimes we have those in the body of Christ. Let's go on to the watchman's trumpet. Ezekiel 33, look at Ezekiel 33. I know this is probably familiar to most of of you. We could also look in Jeremiah, but we're going to glance at the one in Ezekiel. Chapter 33, we're going to be listening for this this week. Remember, these are trumpet calls to be ready for, to listen for. And maybe even to participate in maybe god will use you to be a trumpet to someone else ezekiel 33 verse 1 again the word of the lord came unto me saying son of man speak unto the children of thy people and say unto them when i bring a sword upon the land if the people of the land take a man of their coasts and set him for their watchman and brethren we've set some men to be watchmen this week we've invited them to seek the lord to pray to to bring some teaching from the word of god They've been set to be watchmen this week and they bear a sober responsibility and we do too to listen. You notice. When I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning. If the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning, but his blood his blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person away from them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou son of man, I have set thee a watchman over the house of Israel. I've called this the watchman's trumpet. And you be listening for the watchman's trumpet. There are men of God that I know take the word of God seriously. They are praying. They are seeking the face of God. They are, they, they, I'm very confident, are very much have a care for you and are praying for you. And, and you be listening for the watchman's trumpet. Furthermore, God may sometimes call you to blow the watchman's trumpet. And if you have a friend that's going the wrong way and you know it, blow the trumpet. Blow the trumpet. Maybe they'll listen and turn from their way. But if they don't, at least you blew the trumpet. God bless you, brethren. As you blow the trumpet, the watchman's trumpet, this week, we want to listen for that watchman's trumpet. One more trumpet tonight. I need to close. I want to mention to you one more trumpet. You don't want to miss this one. You don't want to miss this one. 1 Corinthians 15 speaks about it. The Apostle Paul there in that 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians, very familiar to us. We call it the last trumpet. The last trumpet. That's what God calls it too. I don't want to miss that one. The Apostle says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. That means we're not all gonna die. But we are all gonna be changed in a moment in the twinkling of the eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding, not just plodding or, or coping. Yes, there's times for that. But God help you this week to be always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Don't miss this one. There's a trumpet coming. The Bible calls it the last Trump. You know, when I was first married 30 years ago, my wife and I had just turned 19 when we were first married. We were quite young. We lived in my grandparents' house. That would be Troy's great grandparents and Anthony's great grandparents. and My wife and I lived there and it was right by the tracks and I can remember more than once, right in the middle of the night, there, would, there, there was a road crossing right there and the train would just do a blast so that it would shake the windows of our house. I could remember waking up with a beating heart thinking, Is this it? Is this it? And I'll tell you, there, there, was a, uh, there was a very much of a reality of that with me. More than once, I can remember waking up and just, is this the trumpet? That blast right outside the window. But the last trump, you don't want to miss it. You want to be ready. The last trump, we shall be changed. We don't want to be caught. Not Ready. If you want to be ready for the last trump, then listen to the trumpet calls now. Listen to them this week. Listen to them in your life. Listen to them in the Word of God. Let every mortal ear it in. every heart rejoice. The trumpet of the gospel sounds with an inviting voice. Listen for that trumpet. Therefore, my brethren, he says, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Be ready. Listen for the sound of the trumpets. May God bless you.